Ladies and gentlemen, this is another very special episode. This is Carlos, round two. If you missed round one, go check it out. Let's get right into round two without the introductions. Depression isn't real. Is depression real? Is <laughs> I, I don't... Okay. This is going to trigger a lot of people, brother. But I do not believe depression is real. And I'm going to tell you what. I feel like depression is just an emotion that we currently feel in, right? It's just our body kind of like telling us... Like in the way that we currently feel, right? Like a stage. Mm-hmm. A stage. And for me, yeah. like I said, when I was overweight, dealing with some problems that, that I was having, depression, you know, I was feeling sad. I was feeling a little bit of depression. But like after, you know, I decided to like go to the root of that problem, like take action, my depression just disappeared. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I no longer believe in depression. So for that, depression cannot get me. And the reason I wanted to just jump right in with that is because we're going to talk about a lot of possibly controversial things in this episode, but I think the argument that Carlos and I make, and we take a lot of heat for this from friends, is that I personally now really no longer believe in the idea that depression should be given as a clinical diagnosis as often as it's given nowadays. Um, I definitely believe that we can be depressed. You know, I've been depressed at many different times in my life, but, um, you know, we're just here in the U.S., you know, people are just handing out depression. Oh, he, he suffers from clinical depression or clinical anxiety, generalized anxiety and depression, whatever. Um, and we, it's like so often, it's so common now, and I feel that it kind of cripples people mentally when you say, oh, I have this disease, right, this mental disease. And I'm, I pretty much basically agree with you is that based on our circumstances, we can all easily become depressed or anxious, obviously, throughout our lives. And they're natural human emotional states. Mm-hmm. And with natural human emotional states, all we need to do is figure out, okay, what's causing this and how do I solve that problem? And sometimes, you know, we won't be able to solve certain things right away. No, I mean, exactly. if a family member passes away, you're going to be depressed for a while. Well, exactly. And I mean, because, you know, it happened to me. I had a mm-hmm. family member that you know, passed away. Mm. And it was a tough time for me, especially because he was a father figure to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I felt depressed. But then I realized, like, what are you going to do? I mean, there's nothing that you can do, you know. It's not like he's going to come back to life. Mm-hmm. You just have to move forward. And mm-hmm. especially when I have talked to some people, you know, before about, hey, you know, how I deal with my depression and how I overcome it. And I don't believe on it anymore. Like, they get so triggered. I'm like, oh, my God, like. Depression is real. Like, what do you mean depression is not real, you know? Like, right. and I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I just don't for me. And I'm not stupid, you know? Because I know it's a feeling, and a lot of people go through different stuff, and if everyone feels depression in different ways. But for me, like I said, depression, I just no longer believe in it. And for mm-hmm. that, depression is not going to haunt me. It's, it's honestly, it's kind of a choice to not believe in it because when we believe in something, we give that thing power. And it really is interesting to see people all the time when you come out and make a statement like, I don't believe in depression, you know, or depression is not real. Yeah. How many people will come back and say, no, it absolutely is real. Like they, they defend it so hard, they do. you know, and, and, and I'm like, I would rather have a, a belief system that is more empowering, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. And I feel um, like those people too, you know, the defendant, like, like me and you are talking, like instead of them, because those people are going through depression, right? But like instead of them, like actually getting triggered at us and mad, they could tell us like, okay, like how do you overcome the depression then? Yeah. So I can overcome it as well. But no, they just want to defend it. I'm like, why would you want to defend something that like, just takes a huge like downpour in your life? Yeah. Yeah. You're defending something that's just disempowering you. And, and like, 
For me, I mean, okay, see, I've spoken a lot about psychological issues and things like that, both on this podcast and on my personal Instagram. And, you know, okay, so we live in this culture. Like, let's let's be real. Let me just put this in, like, dude language. We're a bunch of pussies here in the we, United uh, States. Yes, like, we, yes. we really are nowadays. Like, yeah. I have to just say it that way. And this goes for men. I, like, I include myself in this, okay, as, like, a 34-year-old man. Um, but we live in this culture. Like, we are so soft nowadays with everything. And, like... I'm one, okay, like, yes, I believe that there are a lot of different ways to cure our mental illnesses and things like that that we all suffer from. And yes, for some people, seeing a therapist works. I don't believe that that's something that I would want to do at any point. For some people, that does work. Um, For some people, just doing physical things like going to the gym and this and that will help. There's a lot of different ways to cure it, right? And some people do end up resorting to medication, and I think there is a place for that. but in general, I guess I've just, yeah, I've, I've gotten, like for me, okay, see, I've been in a bad spot, I would say like a re- really bad spot to the point of being suicidal at a couple different points over the last like seven or eight years of my life, okay? And you know about the most recent one, which was when my ex-girlfriend yeah. dumped and cheated on me, right? About two and a half years ago. And I've gotten to the point, and this has been influenced by a lot of different people, a lot of, you know, different, very popular influencers, is I prefer the route of compression over compassion, okay? One of my mentors says this all the time, is some people need more compression and some people need more compassion. And we live in the United States of America, we live in the world of ultimate compassion. Everybody wants to be so compassionate and feel so bad for all of us and all of our problems. Like, how many freaking problems do we really have? Like, I'm looking out here right now at my place where there's a courtyard and a pool. It's fairly nice outside. There's food in the refrigerator. When I run out of food, I walk over to Whole Foods and get more. And I'm a 34-year-old man with no disabilities. And, like, what the hell reason could I possibly have to be depressed? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, literally, if I walk into a psychiatrist or psychologist office or whatever at this point, and I say I'm suffering from depression, they should punch me in the face. Yeah. And literally be like, what the hell are you so depressed yeah. about? And that, that statement applies. Like, I understand that I'm a lucky person and a privileged person in this life, but that statement can apply to, like, 80% of people born in this country, in the United States. Okay? No, Go and, ahead. And it's true, because, like, you know, if you looked around... A lot of the people that complain, you know, oh, I feel depressed because my dog died. I'm like, it's just kind of like going back to the same thing that you go, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, you feel depressed because depression, it's, it's an emotion and it's because mm-hmm. of sadness. But at the same time, like, you got to be thankful and, like, grateful. Because, like, you know, life could have really, really hit you hard. Like, you could have been in a car accident just like I recently was, you know? Yeah. You could have lost came your... came through it strong. Yep. You could have lost your limbs, but, you know, God decided not to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You could we'll come back to that. I don't yeah, know. We'll, I, we'll, I don't believe we'll, we'll in that. We'll come back. We'll come Go back on. to that, and we'll, we'll talk more about God in a bit. <laughs> but you know, you could have been born blind. I mean, mm-hmm. think about it. A lot of Americans, especially kids, adult, you know, guys like us, better males, mm-hmm. who just complain about everything. Because, like I said, I was a complainer. You know, I would wake up every morning, and I would just complain like, "Oh my God, like you know, all this stuff is happening to me because, like you know, I'm just unlucky." But no, it was not because I was unlucky. Was because like I was just a lazy fat piece of shit who didn't want to put any work mm-hmm. to better myself. And mm-hmm. like I said, now that I decided to put in the work and better myself, life got way better for me. My mm-hmm. depression went away, mm-hmm. my bipolar disorder went away. The mm-hmm. one that I was diagnosed with, and they wanted to give me a meds, which I was like, fuck that! Like, I'm not <laughs> gonna go to meds. Yeah. And same thing with like the therapy. I I agree with you. Like you know, 
just because it doesn't work for me, you know, and, and I get it. For some people, therapy, they want to get in therapy because, you know, it helps them out, but for me, it didn't help me out. Mm-hmm. For me, going there, a doctor asking me all these questions, like, like they already knew the answers to. Like, my problem was that I have, I'm like, okay, like, I can just deal with them. Like, I don't have to tell you my problems, right? Mm-hmm. And for him, for them to tell me, like, okay, so you're going to take this many pills a day, mm-hmm. and you're going to take this pill maybe, like, three, four times a day, every other day. And I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. Like, I decided not to take any of those antidepressants, and I just decided to, like, actually do it in another way, which it was just eating healthier, mm-hmm. working out, and started looking after myself. Mm-hmm. And I just felt great yeah yeah you got yourself right physically and i think like for me just to piggyback off that i mean piggy bank piggyback off that um i I think like i said for me i'm one who just believes much more for guys like us especially that there needs to be more compression than compassion in the sense of we little we need a little bit more of that like old school toughness mentality you know the way things might have been handled in like the 1950s when they would say well suck it up like you know don't because we live in this world now where so much want to be like oh, I'm so sorry that you're going through this or whatever. And, like, the stuff that we're going through is, like, nothing no, <laughs> compared not, to what people have suffered it, through it, in, it, like, it, most of humanity. It, and you know what? Actually, a lot of this stuff, like, it doesn't help you out in the dating field at all. It's, this is a perfect not transition. Being, not being masculine because that's something actually that's very interesting. In the United States, it almost seems like masculinity is done. It's done. Yes. You, you don't done. see it at all. No, right? bro. I make the joke all the time. Like, I've said it on this podcast before. Like, here in, in Minneapolis, especially in downtown Minneapolis where I live, I'm the only straight male that can bench more than 135 pounds at this point. I'm the, like, I, it's, it's seriously. I'm, like, this city right now, this city's reproduction depends on me. Literally. Yes. I'm the only one who could do it, bro. You like, are. I, you literally. Because you still are living out are, in Plymouth, bro. You are the like, only one that could. No, no but honestly, you are. Because, I mean... Once we go, you know, the towns that we've gone through, Grace, you know, because yeah. I started being a little more perspicacious and looking around. You uh-huh. see a bunch of DNGs. D- yeah, so DNGs is a term used by another famous person. We won't say his name yet, but um, who, uh, it's, it's, it's dorks, nerds, and geeks. That's what DNG stands for. But anyway, go on. No, you see a bunch of them, and I'm just like, and you're right. Like, I bet you none of them could bench over <laughs> 100, not just yeah. two, not even what, 90 pounds. I yeah. bet you. We, we live in a society where men have been turned very feminine. And the reason, see, this is part of the reason why I'm so big into this is because I have been that man who has been a, a beta male, let's call it before. I've been, oh, yeah. I've, I've been emasculated by a girlfriend in the past. I've been, you know, a, a pussy in sports. I apologize for the language, but I just I feel it's appropriate to use this language just to be, you know, to be real with it here. Um, you know, and I, I have been a non-masculine male for a lot of my life. And finally, just a couple years ago, I was like, all right, I got to change this immediately, you know. And we live in a society where they have taken masculinity away, especially here in the United States, especially in a place like Minneapolis, which is like the liberal capital of yeah, the U.S. And guess what? And actually, it's a good point because, like, you know, all those guys that you see out there, they mm-hmm. have all the girls yeah. that are so lucky. They are masculine. Mm-hmm. They're not no better pussy males <laughs> that, you know, wouldn't stand up for their own rights or, or beliefs, you know. And I'm going to tell you something actually, like, Probably one of the best things that I can say you would agree with me. Do not show your weakness to a woman at all. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, we'll get into another kind of like another topic. We'll, we'll still all link them together. Yeah. So I think it was about two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. I was in this relationship. 
She's listening. I'm going to say her name. Hey, Elisha. I wish you the best in life. Mm-hmm. I hope you're doing well. Mm-hmm. So I met this girl at church, which I know me and you are going to talk, yeah, yeah. you know, into religion. Worst in place event. to meet a woman, no. <laughs> no, but I met her there. Uh, it was great, right? Uh, we had a connection. We were dating for, what, I think it was three, four months. Yeah. We were dating, right? And, and then we became official, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend after. But then I remember that I used me and her, it was not like an argument that we had. It was kind of like a little, I forgot what it was. Um, they happened, almost like a discussion that we had. Because she had a trauma on her, and I thought that, it, you know, I had like triggered Trigger. her trauma yeah. again. So I let the weak side of me show. Yep. And after I did, like, I could tell. Like, I saw in her eyes that she lost respect for me. Mm-hmm. She yeah. did. She lost respect for me, right? And, and it was my fault. Um, and then two days later, she sends me a text message, which you've seen the text message saying like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. yep. I don't think this is going to work out. Like, you know, me and you are now probably looking for the same team. And then she hit me with the line yep. that I hate and I don't ever want to hear, you know. And if I hear that line, I'll probably fucking jump off a bridge. But you're I'm such kidding. a nice guy. You're such a nice guy. <laughs> uh, oh, nice guys do finish last, brother. The pain, the pain. So this is where I need to ramble a little bit here. Um, is the nice guys finish last thing because I have literally I, I made an episode literally titled this, and I think like everything in life, it's a, it's not so black and white, right? It's not just like you know total bad boys get all the girls and guys who are nice never get any women, right? But um, like what I've noticed in myself is that okay, you know I have a tendency to be a very nice guy when I'm dating a girl. I have a tendency to want to give as much as possible to a woman when I'm interested in her, both like physically, whether that's giving gifts, making dinner, whatever, and then also just giving as much attention as possible. And particularly early on in a relationship, it's a big mistake for men for the most part. And I've learned this the hard way. I mean, I've been dating, we've talked, I've been dating heavily for the last year and a half. Some successes, some failures, lots of lessons learned, right? Um, but the, 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 probably one of the biggest things that I've learned about just like sexual attraction in general um, is that women, uh, they, they just do not appear to be very attracted to guys who are willing to, to totally give themselves up to the woman right away. Or exactly. To give everything. That's just, it's not what attracts women. And there's a lot of reverse psychology in this. But anyway, go ahead. And, and that's how, for most of my life, you know, most of my life, I've been on the friend zone. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's how you get on the friend and, zone. And that's how, that's how you get on the friend zone, you know. Yep. For me, and that's how you get on the friend zone. Like, I will give them all my time. Yep. Which is number one mistake. Big mistake. Yep. Big mistake. Because then they realize, like, oh, he doesn't have a life. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, his life, like, I'm his priority, kind of, you know. So they ended up putting you in the friend zone. And mm-hmm. same thing, you know, same with like text messaging. Sure, like, I know nowadays, like the text messages the game is different. They're like, oh, wait two hours, wait three hours, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna tell you this, it's kind of like bullshit. Cause like, you know, if they really want to talk to you, mm-hmm. they will, you know. So yeah. if you see the message, don't fucking wait thinking like, oh, my God, you know, like, I got to wait so she doesn't think that, you know, mm-hmm. I'm that interested on her or anything. But I was doing the complete opposite. Like, you know, as soon as she would text me, I would text back. Yeah. And then kind of same thing. They always hit you with the same thing. You're like, 
yeah, I mean, you're like a brother to me, you know, like, Worst I, thing I could you just hear. never see myself dating you, you know, but you'll find someone, you're a real nice guy, which, you know, that, that just triggered me, and it pisses me off, and I feel like now, I have gotten better, because there's this podcaster, that, are we allowed to talk about him, or were you getting Oh, yeah, canceled? no, we can talk about him, I've mentioned Andrew Tate before. Oh, okay, okay, here, yeah. so, yeah, so, one of the people who actually changed my life, too, when mm-hmm. I was going through those rough times was Andrew Tate. Exactly. Because he actually woke in that masculinity inside of me that it had to be woken. Exactly. You know? The man that I had to be, which, you know, same thing. He, he talks in a way that a lot of people hate, which is, I mean, I agree with him. Sometimes that's what a man needs, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, exactly. like, fat soul, like, hey, you piece of shit, like, hey, Lacey, like, yeah. Fucking get it done, you know. Like, stop complaining. Like, life is hard, but life is hard for everyone, not just you. Yeah. Sure, you know your dog might have just died, um, might have broke a leg or something. But guess what? This kids in Syria who had just fucking lost their parents. Yeah. People who you know who literally were having a great day. Next thing you know, boom, their life changes like that, right? Yeah. So just gotta start complaining about this things bro. yeah it's it's the compression versus compassion as well and this is why i really like tate just to give people a bit a background on who andrew tate is if you haven't heard of him so he's a very controversial figure at this point he was you know he started off as a, a kickboxing uh like champion then became famous sort of infamous on the internet for a variety of different things um, he says a lot of very controversial things related to masculinity. I probably agree with 80% of what I say, what he say, says and disagree with about 20% of it. The 20% that I disagree with, I would say it does border on it. You know, it's kind of, it's misogynist. It's like machismo is the way they would say it in Spanish maybe. But, um, and, and so anyway, he's very controversial for a lot of reasons. He's been accused of some things that I don't think he ever actually did, um, like human trafficking and like, you know, crimes related to women and things like that. Um, you know, he's been on tons of different podcasts. And when you listen to him in long form, he's a very smart guy. Yes, with some con- controversial opinions, but he, he provides really great content to help young men, particularly like Carlos and I, who, you know, need this sort of compression need a little push in life like hey get off your ass hey do this do this do this and this is the type of thing this is probably why guys like you and I are just not interested in like going to therapy or in or in you know having crying to people about our problems like whenever I like you know our other friend Jordan for example when I've been having like over the past year or two is a couple times I've like talked to him because I'm like I'll be like struggling, you know, like, like, oh my God, this girl doesn't want to go out with me anymore. And I'm so like bummed out or whatever. And like, I'll have a day or two like that. And it just like, I lose respect for myself. I literally lose respect for myself because I'm like, I'm here. I am again, like I'm bitching and whining and complaining and I have all the opportunities in the world. Like, what are you sad about? Like, literally, like, this is this is the level that it gets to. Like, this is when I start to lose respect for myself. Is when I'm in this world, it's like, oh, this girl who I went out with five times doesn't want to go out with me anymore. Or, oh, this gets always related to love life, you know, because that's the area of life that I still am seeking in right now. But it's like, oh, that girl didn't respond to my message for two days. She's ghosting me. It's like, are, are you a 34-year-old man or a three-year-old child? Like, like, what am I? Like, really? Like, I got, like I said, I got this wonderful place that I live in with this food that I can get at any time. There are no problems. There's a beautiful courtyard and a pool out here, and I'm all sad, and I have a job that, like, makes me money and a side job as well and a podcast and everything, and, like, I'm sad because I didn't get a text message from a girl, and she kind of ghosted me for a day. What? Smack <laughs> yourself. 
I mean, literally, that is me smacking myself in the head. It's not the first time I've done that on this podcast, okay? But you have to, like, sometimes as a man, you have to just smack yourself. You have to, yes. Yes. Anyway, so so there's that. I mean, which controversial do we, topic do we go to now? Oh, I mean, you want to go into the religion thing now? Yes, absolutely. I'm going to okay. lower us back down here for a minute. It gets just uncomfortable standing the whole time, uncomfortable sitting the whole time. Got this, you know sitting standing desk in my house Carlos is almost hitting his head on my pull up bar but um okay let's talk about religion I think this is one of the topics that we differ on just in like the way that we see the world you know because so for me here comes the man of God ready to speak man of God Mm -hmm. speak up for me so I used to be I was an atheist Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna call it that I didn't believe in God I didn't believe in any good karma or anything good that was happening right any like spiritual beings Goes nothing of that. I used mm-hmm. to believe, on. even yeah. though I was baptized and I'm Catholic, but yeah. I, I was not following a religion, right? Yeah. But then, the way for me that I found God, and then I realized that He was real, was because mm-hmm. like probably about two, let's say yeah, two years. Because like I said, a lot of my problems that happened was within the two years when I was losing all the way to and all this. Yeah. Right? My little sister was diagnosed with severe anorexia. So she was in the hospital, uh, and it was one of the toughest times that I went through. Because yeah. she was in feeding tubes, and she literally was, it was hard. Because the times that I had, that I was in the hospital, I wouldn't sleep. Because yeah. I was just literally sitting there, listening to like the beat machine, uh, waiting for not to go, you know, you know, like, sound that they do when a person passes, right? Yeah. So I was just literally focused the whole night on that beeping sound, making sure she was still breathing. And then, for me, the way that I found God was because I remember that my grandma told me, she was like, if you ask God, he will answer you, you know. And I, I didn't believe her at the time, right? I was like, oh, it's, fucking, it's a fucking bullshit. Like, I don't believe in that, right? Mm. God doesn't exist. He's not going to help me. But I wanted to help my sister, but literally there was nothing I could do. Because for her to be anorexia, which she did, it had to come out of her, right? So one of the things I was like, well, I guess maybe if I start praying, at first, like I said, it like it's a plastic way, thinking that eh, whatever, like what can I lose? So I remember I went to like a cathedral, I got on my knees, I was there for like probably an hour, you know, praying to God, and of course nothing happened right away, right? And I was like, eh, I knew it, nothing was gonna happen, but then I was like, you know what? just gonna keep praying like what am I gonna lose there's nothing that I'm gonna lose from this right from praying because that was like the only hope that I had left so I started praying and praying every day for my sister to get better and honestly it didn't happen like right away mm-hmm. but it almost seemed like after two three weeks my sister began to get better right and then she began to improve she mm-hmm. was taken out of like those feeding tubes Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, whoa! Like, I was like, <laughs> I was shocked. I was like, was this, was this God? Was this mm-hmm. like an act of actual God? Yeah. And I was just like, she began to get better, and then the doctor told us the good news that she was gonna go home. Mm-hmm. Well, those were the best news the whole family have ever heard because she was, she was in this hot like isolation room for like a year and a half. You know? Was it that long? Jesus. Yeah. She was. She was there. Yeah, she missed Christmas. She didn't get to see much of the family. It was, it was depressing. Yeah. It was hard, and it especially was more harder for my brothers, 
because the only people and the family because the only people that were allowed to like stay with my sister was just me my mom or my dad and literally if my mom and dad went the same day I could not go so literally it was hard because you know I would want to go see her my dad would want to go see her but then my mom couldn't Yeah. so we kind of had to sp- split it in ways right but then back to God after she got better I was like maybe he is real and then the more that I started believing on him now praying to him like every morning when I wake up I thank him mm-hmm. for everything that has happened to me my life also improved he mm-hmm. got way better I feel way better now believing in God than I have ever did before it almost seemed like my life completely took a 360 mm-hmm. so that's why I like I said I was an atheist worst fucking mistake of my life mm-hmm. I'll admit it here believing in God starting to like realize that God is real and accepting him into my life was life changing mm-hmm. how do you get in touch with God on a daily basis now so one of the things that I do is just kind of just almost like meditation or, mm. or when I'm driving I'm just like thank you for letting me wake up thank you for being able to talk to my mom today have my dad still my brothers mm-hmm. for you know being able to eat you, you just thank him through the day right or before you go to bed you just kind of like meditate I yeah. write down in a notebook the things that I'm thankful for. Yeah. And just that's kind of the way that I talk to him. Um, sometimes I do, I don't go to church, but I, I will go maybe once, once a month when there's like no ceremony or anything. I will just go there, stay for like 30 minutes, and just talk to him. Hmm. You sit there, talk to him, meditate, and that's how I get in touch with him. What's the talking to him look like? Are you asking him questions? Or are you asking him? So kind of, you know, I kind of ask him one of the things that I ask him is just about love still, you know, mm. you know me. Yeah. I don't really want to get it. And a hopeless romantic. Yeah, yeah. hopeless romantic. Like, I don't really want to get in a relationship. But, you know, I just tell God, like, hey, if there's somebody out there, send him my way. But no, the other things, <laughs> that, the other things that I talk to you about. Send is me a hottie. Send me a hottie. Which he might have done already. <laughs> but one of the th- one of the things that I talk to him about is just like I ask for protection for the people that I love. Mm. I don't ask him much stuff about me, but I just ask him to protect the people that I love and for those right. people to do good in life. Mm-hmm. So when I go there, I'm like, hey, please, like you know, protect my friends, protect my parents, you know, like give them the light, everything, any problems that they're going through, like take them away from them, like you did from me. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much what my conversation looks like to him. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's a lot of gratitude. It's a lot of just wishing the best for your people. Yep. Yeah. What do you think? Here's here's my biggest dilemma with all of it. When because I've heard other people tell me stories like this, like you know, like I remember very specifically one time. And this is a woman who she was from Panama. She's speaking to me in Spanish. She goes, "Pero todo cambió cuando yo encontré Dios." You know, it's, everything changed when I found God. And I guess. You know, the, the biggest thing for me with it is like, okay, I'm one of those people that says, okay, if God exists and if God is real and if God will make the world better for us, then why is there so much suffering? Why do so many people die young? Why do so many bad things happen to people who don't deserve it? Like, you know, people, okay, and then I'll hear the argument of like, well, well, like Tate, you know, the guy we we're talking about, you know, he says, the reason I finally, the reason I finally, this is kind of half British accent, well, the reason I finally understood that God exists is because there is an equal and opposite force for everything in the world, and if evil exists, which evil definitely does exist, then there must be a God, and I'm like, first off, 
I don't even know if I necessarily believe that evil exists, but like, but there's all this, like, I, I just, I don't necessarily see the evidence that God must exist here on this planet. I just, I can't be totally convinced of it. And I feel, yeah. And like I said, for everyone, it's different, right? Because everyone, and I do believe also, they believe in God or anything good that you can believe, like a good, you know, entity that you can believe about, it, it's going to change your life. Because for you, I would say, because you believe in karma, right? Good karma. Mm-hmm. So that could be that could be the God for, for you, brother. Like something that makes you add in a good way, you know, take care of your people, give to charity, you know. Yes, to a certain extent. Sure, I believe in karma to a certain extent. But let me explain, like, why it's not even quite that simple. So for me with karma, yeah, I mean, I I do seem to believe that karma kind of exists in our interpersonal relationships. I've drawn that conclusion just based on some past experiences. But, like, but but who knows, really? And, like, the reason... Okay, so... um, The reason even I'm not totally convinced that, like, karma is 100% real or is that, like... Like, I, I just, I don't see life as fair in any way, shape, or form. And I also don't see human beings as as special in, in the way that most people see us. I think that, see, this is one of the big themes that I get from people when they talk about God. And, and like, just to give the audience, like, a perspective. So I'm, you know, I would still identify myself as, as Christian, basically. I was raised Christian. I had a period of my life where I went to church for a while. I'll still go to church once or twice a year with my family for whatever occasions, Christmas, Easter, you know, whatever. Um, I'm, over the last couple of years, I'm one of those people who has said, well, I'm more spiritual than religious. And you're like, whatever the fuck that means. You know, but like, we, we're always yeah. using that. Like, I'm spiritual. Yeah, but I'm not spiritual. Yeah, like, what do you do mean the, by spiritual? Do the healing stones. Yeah, you made me very, very spiritual. I meditate. But like, anyway. and but But just with... Okay, so I don't really like any particular religion because I don't really like the story that they tell. I don't believe the story that they tell about how life came to be. Okay, whatever. That's part of it. And then I also, every religion seems to, sometimes I see religion, it has a good effect. I think it's a good thing because it gives people something to believe in. Like my mom would always tell me this. She would say, well, sometimes it's just good to have a little faith, you know? That's the biggest thing. And I think what it is, is as human beings, we like simplicity. We like to keep things simple, okay? We want something simple, something that seems good to believe in, even though in my opinion, it may not exist at all. Now, is it better to go ahead and believe in that? Sure, life might actually be better if you just go ahead and believe in that anyway, right? Just like we talked about with the depression. Maybe it's better just to not even believe in depression and anxiety the way we try not to. Now, maybe it is better just to believe in this, you know, religion, whatever, God, because it just gives you something you believe. Oh, there is good in the world. Oh, if I do good, then good will be bestowed upon me, whatever. For me, though, it's more like I, I don't see evidence of that. I'm not, I'm not convinced that there is a God who, who, who serves as a force of good in this world. And I'm not con- really, I mean, karma, you know, maybe, sure. But like, there's just, there are too many bad things that happen to seemingly good people um, for me to believe that. And um, and it's also, I, I just really, I think that we're much closer to just every other animal species out there than we'd like to believe. Though every, every religion seems to think that human beings are extremely, extremely special. And I think that for whatever reason, because of these brains we have up here and our ability to work together, human beings were able to take over the world in a way that 
we now we've made the world our bitch you know what i mean mm -hmm. like we we do whatever we want with the world where the other animals just struggle to survive and we put them in zoos right but i don't really see us as that much different than any other animal species i think that we got a little bit lucky with our intelligence yeah. and the way we work together yeah. but I just, I really don't think that we're special. And I think that pandemic, is this a transition to the pandemic? I think that even the pandemic was like an example of what happens to people when things don't go the way we want and oh, don't go the way we're used to. Yeah. We go crazy. We do not handle it well. We're, we're, we turn into animals real quick yeah. when, you know, when we start hating each other. Mm -hmm. Like this is why tribal wars happen. This is not related to the pandemic. But human beings, yeah. when things are not going as well as they normally do, we turn into animals real quick. So that's kind of in a nutshell my reasoning for why I just I'm not convinced that there is some, you know, good doing and good wanting God that exists out there. No. And I you know, and I get it, like I said, brother. Everyone everyone's different. Everyone have their own beliefs, which, you know, us as human beings, we should respect that. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that, that it's hard because you know, there's not a lot of people that that respect that. Mm. There's people that will fight you over like, oh my god, like you're in the wrong. Like they wouldn't even let you debate. Yeah, that's something that I like actually. When you know, when I want to find something, like I like debating with people because the truth, it's gonna be in both ways. It's it's gonna be on my side, and then we're gonna figure it out that was on my side, or we're gonna I'm gonna figure it out that was on their side, right? Yeah. But yeah, for me with the religion thing, I do. I do agree with you on that. I don't follow, even though I do believe in God. And for me, that's, I would say that's kind of just like my religion, right? It's just the sense of God is what makes me act good, you know? Like, want to help people. Mm -hmm. I don't follow, like I said, I was baptized. Mm -hmm. I don't follow the you know, Catholic religion. Catholicism, I think is what it's mm -hmm. called. Catholicism. Catholicism. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't, I do not follow it, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe if I was going to choose a religion, it would be hard. Mm -hmm. it'll be hard to choose a religion that I want to follow you know because it, it takes a lot of commitment and a lot of time you know mm -hmm. and I definitely have some done some stuff in my life that probably you know I'm not the most hard out person <laughs> mm -hmm. but yeah I just no for me honestly just believing in God right now that's the only thing that I need mm -hmm. just believing in God doing good for the world trying to change the world every day helping people I feel like that's that's the only thing that I need. I don't mm -hmm. need to follow religion. Just God, just me believing in God in an entity, makes me add in a good way. That's mm -hmm. the only thing that I need. Yeah, I don't need to, I don't need to follow religion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I certainly, obviously, don't have any problem with that. You know, I think that you know, with people who are true believers in God and just use it as a force for okay, I'm going to do good because yeah. of this. I mean, and then the thing about it is, is like when we when you describe it that way is it like any different because obviously like i try to do good and help other people as well you know like we we're, we're trying to do the same thing anyway you know you might say like oh it's because of you know my belief in god that i want to do this i might say well it's because of my belief in nothing that i want to do this. <laughs> but like yeah. like what do you believe in for sure like i don't know what i believe in exactly but i don't know Which, mm, okay but, i have a question for you yeah do you believe in love ah this that's a nice transition right there Oh, bro. Can I ramble on this? I yeah, wanna, go I'm gonna, ahead. I want to ramble on this. I got to ramble. I know, I'll All right, right. Too. All right. So, either I ramble first or whatever. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So, 
Um, yes, I believe in love. I don't believe in, um, uh, you know, like a one and only someone or a soulmate for somebody. Not at all. I mean, I think that I'm capable of, <laughs> he gave me a face on that one audience. He's like, you don't believe in a soulmate? No, I don't believe in a freaking soulmate. Anyway, I believe, like, I like to do math on this, okay? So, like me. Right now, I'm 34 years old. Yep. My age range for, like, women I would date is probably between, like, 24 and, like, 36, right? I'm not going to date women that are, like, that much older than me. Call me, like, a, you know, machista, whatever. I don't care. I'm not going <laughs> to date women that are that much older than me. Um, plus, I still probably want to have kids, and it's well, less likely. I mean, they... there's not any – probably they're going to hate me for saying this, but, like, there's not any good – Choices out there for you with women around your range. Uh, range. Well, no, no, I disagree with you there. There are definitely good choices around my age. But anyway, let's let's not even worry too much about that. But it's like, okay, let's do some math here. So for me, the age range is between like 24 to 36. Okay, we got four billion women on this planet, roughly. Okay, now let's see. In that age range, you're probably going to have about a half billion, like 500 million women in that age range. Okay, maybe like one in every 10 women I would consider like attractive enough to like want to marry. You know what I mean? Let's even call it one in 20. So now we're from like 500 million divided by 20. Now we're down to like 25 million if my math is right. There's like 25 million women on this planet who might be attractive enough for me to want to marry. Okay, I speak five languages, which means that I cover probably like like maybe half the women in the world I can't yeah. speak to one-on-one, -on -one, okay? But like we're at like 12.5 million women that I could legitimately be like, oh, that woman's attractive. We speak the same language. We could get along. Yeah. I got like 12.5 million options out yeah, here. You know you what I'm saying, homie? No, and like, and like for you to tell me that like there's a soulmate among them, no, 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 no. Like I'm someone who I like I believe in falling in love and I fall in love pretty yeah. fast. You've seen me do it. Oh, yeah. Hell, we haven't even me known each know, other. You know me too. I fall in love pretty yeah. me and you we fall in love fast. fast. This fast. is our this is our blessing and our curse, bro. It but is. like but here's the thing. Like I believe I'm very maybe not twelve and a half million, but like a lot of women I'm capable of falling in love with. Okay. Very capable of that. Now love itself is a verb okay so to love someone doesn't mean just like oh i have this feeling of love these butterflies for you it's how do you act towards that person what do you do how do you show your love how do you actively love that person every day right and now this is where it gets a little bit trickier it's like okay then what does it mean to truly love someone and blah blah blah, blah. so yes i believe in love but i definitely don't believe in a soulmate i don't know <laughs> and for me i do kind of believe in like on the soulmate Mm. What an idiot. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> well, no, like I said, but first of all, you know, for me, I do believe in love. I can yeah. confidently say I do believe in yeah. love, but I don't want to sell my soul to the demon of love yet. Because <laughs> the hell that you go through, brother. I mean, you know, love, it's one of the most beautiful things in life. The poetry you get from love is just, it's amazing. It's a feeling that it's. It's, it's amazing, I say. <laughs> but I don't want to sacrifice my soul yet. To to the and I do, I do believe, I do believe that you know, there's like that soulmate. Uh -huh. I do believe that we all have like that person that we. I mean, I'm gonna ask you this question: Have you ever dated a girl and you guys ended up breaking up, and you and have you ever felt like, oh my god, she was the one, or have you not had that experience? Okay, well, when my ex-girlfriend dumped me, see, this this is tough because, like, when my ex-girlfriend dumped me, it's like my world was done because, like, I, you know, I planned to marry her and everything and, like, um, yeah, it was, like, my future that I had planned was taken from me, if that makes sense, you know? And it only took maybe, like, a few months to finally get over that, you know? Yeah. And, like, looking back now, I'm like, yeah, probably glad it didn't work out, I guess. But 
but the thing is, at the time, see, love, love fucks us up, man. It does. Fuck like us love, up. love clouds all of our judgment and our emotions and everything. Go ahead. What are you gonna say? But also, love. It's a heartbreak. It's also the best thing that can happen to you because you, you can use that feel, you mm-hmm. can use that pain to mm-hmm. fuel you and to get the shit that you have to get done. I mean, I, I like to agree with that. I know there's a lot of people, well, these are the same people that will be triggered by the depression isn't real thing. But, yes, I do believe that, that heartbreak is a great fuel for us, yeah, to make improvements. Because, And I'm, I, I believe the same thing as you. Like, when you get dumped, cheated on, whatever, it's your fault. Like, your fault. Th- this is controversial as well. Now, now, I never think that, like, you know, I'm not saying that, like, when someone cheats or, or whatever, that's justified. But when we get cheated on, we should be taking more responsibility for it than we do for the most part. Here's why. Here's why. Okay. Let me explain this to people because a lot of people who know about my situation with my previous girlfriend you know will tell me like well sean you know you just uh you deserved better than her or something like that right and um i'll be like okay great but here are all the mistakes that i made here are the improvements i needed to make because i'm someone who like you carlos i like to take extreme ownership of things and so if i don't if i would have just sit there and said yeah she mistreated me or this happened well, then I don't change. I don't get better. I don't make any improvements, right? We have to learn from what mistakes we make. All the little things that we know that, oh, this is why that person dumped me. This is why that person cheated, right? Ain't going to happen again for that reason, you know? Ain't going to happen again. Exactly. Like you said, I totally agree with you. Once you start taking accountability for everything that happens in your life, mm-hmm. good or bad, even though it was not your fault, but you're like, you know what? In a way, it was my fault. Your life gets better. Exactly. And you learn from it. Because like I said, in the car accident that I recently was in, mm-hmm. people are like, oh my God, like, you're okay and all that. And I, I tell them it was my fault. And they're like, mm-hmm. well, how was it your fault? I'm, I mean, even though technically it wasn't my fault, you know, maybe I could have reacted faster before the person hit me or mm-hmm. something. You know, it's still my fault because, mm-hmm. you know, I was going to a language exchange meetup. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to go to the language exchange meetup. <laughs> I didn't have to be on the highway at that time. Mm-hmm. I could have taken a different route. Same with my ex who left me I it was my no it was my fault go from the highway to your ex it was my it was my fault because why because I showed her my weak side right I showed her my vulnerable side so she saw those weaknesses she's like no so it was my fault that she left yeah and see this is I love the concept of extreme ownership it does get tricky in relationships it does get tricky when it comes to love okay because I finally have come to the realization that there are just certain things that are out of our control. There, there are times, I think, and believe me, this is someone who's dated a lot. I've dated a lot over the last year and a half. There are times, you know the girl who I was recently dating, right? Yes. I don't like to mention names in this podcast, but the one whose name starts with an N, right? Yeah. She's a nice girl. She's an awesome girl. With uh, the situation with her... There is not much that I could have done much better. A few little tiny things here and there, but I pretty much crushed it. You know what I mean? But we're no longer dating anymore, and she's the one who decided that, and it's fine. Because this is the thing. Like I've learned a lot in this past year and a half of dating that I've done to the point where now I'm pretty confident in myself when I start dating a person just because I've literally – I've made – 10 mistakes or more over the past year you know what i mean and like now i'm finally like okay learn from that one learn from that one don't do this this time do this a little better and like i'm noticing i'm like okay yeah now women are starting to get a little bit more like um i'm having more success with it right now as far as finding that that soulmate that elusive soulmate i don't know but um and you know know. what actually Hmm. 
still related to the same topic, but let's let's live a you know give some shit to the beta males now. Yeah, yeah. So, and I'm pretty sure you do agree with this thing too, and it comes from Tate, you know, because we do live in a world where it's player versus player, mm-hmm. and you have all these guys like me who used to complain when they would see all these women with these guys, you know, like oh my god, like why is she with him? But one of the things that you gotta realize, like I said, it's player versus player. That girl you want to date, she has multiple guys on her DMs who mm-hmm. are better than you, in better shape, right. make more money. Fuck, they, what can I say? You know, they dress better than you. Mm-hmm. They do everything you, better. They do everything better than you. So you have to be better than them. Mm-hmm. You have to better yourself. And also, you have to be the best person you can be. Mm-hmm. Once you get in a relationship, and, and that's the thing that it's so funny. When you realize in a relationship, when people get together, they let go. Mm-hmm. They start taking care of each other yeah. instead of like actually. Instead yeah. of like actually, of you dumped. know, one of the things is like, okay, I'm in this relationship. Like, no, I gotta realize that out there, there's another guy who might come in a way, mm-hmm. might see my future wife or my girlfriend right now, and he could be a better option than I am right now. So every day, I have to work harder, push myself for her to not leave me. Exactly. That's 100% true. And I'm going to talk about something here that's going to sound very controversial to some people. Yeah, so this is going to seem very controversial to a lot of people. But I am kind of of the belief now that, um, <laughs> you know, there's single and then there's taken. Single and in a relationship. And I actually, for the most part, when I analyze people, I don't even really put it as a black and white thing anymore. I put it as a spectrum. I mean, um, and this is tricky for me because I am someone that, and I've said it on this podcast before, I will never cheat on a woman. I will never cheat on a woman when I'm in a relationship, okay? I will not do it. Now, what I what I mean by when I say, you know, like, it's a spectrum of single versus in a relationship. Okay, well, this is just learned experience now of having dated a lot over the past year and a half, especially with attractive women. Attractive women are almost never basically truly single right because there's always you know they came out of some relationship and somebody broke it off but then she's still talking to the guy but then you came in and started messaging her now she's kind of dating you but she's still with this other guy like they're always in limbo like you mentioned they always have so many different guys who are messaging them any given day if they have a bad day and they feel sad they can open up their instagram and get 50 dms you know from like oh look he messaged me he messaged me right and um the whole thing about it being player versus players this applies to men and women at all times the ugly reality of this world now some people are more loyal than others but the ugly reality of this world is that your significant other your spouse is out there in a world with hundreds of other members of the opposite sex or whatever the the sex that he or she is attracted to and it is an ongoing competition always okay it's always a competition there always could be someone that comes up that is doing better than you now if your if your spouse is very loyal there's still not that good of a chance that the spouse is going to do anything with that person. But the bottom line is, like, here's the other thing, is that basically any time, okay, people will talk, because, like, often, more often than not, like, how do relationships end? It's actually usually because there's another person. It's, it's it, it, like, it rarely, it rarely happens just like, oh, I'm leaving you to be single. Like, sometimes, sometimes. But I, I don't even I don't know the stats. But sometimes I would say more often than not, it's because there's another person, right? And in that case, the the argument I make is, it's always cheating. 
to a certain extent when that happens. Even if it's like, oh, well, I hadn't had sex with that person yet. I hadn't even kissed that person yet. Okay, but how did you get to the point where you knew you wanted to leave me for that person already? It's because you already crossed a line somewhere. You already, oh, maybe you started messaging that person. Maybe you hung out in this context with that person. You already did something for that person to prove to you that you want to leave me for him or her, right? And I'm not just talking about myself here. Like anytime someone ends a relationship to go and be with somebody else, it was already cheating. Does that make sense? They had already crossed the line. Now, some cheating is more obvious than others. Like if they had already been having sex with the other person for months and months before they dumped you, that's a different thing, right? But you get my point. It's a spectrum. It's always somewhat cheating. And and like I said, this this idea of, like I just don't see it as that much black and white. It's like, huh, how single is that person? How married is that person? This is an ugly reality, but it's the way I kind of look at things now. No, and that's it is true, and it's funny too, because like I said, people are gonna get triggered. Mm-hmm. It is cheating, because it, yeah. it, it could be emotionally cheating, mm-hmm. uh, not physical cheating. You know, it turns into that yeah. after. But also something it's funny too, and like I said, the reason that it happens is because like guess what? They ended up finding a better option than you. Yep, that's why it happens. They found a better option than you because that person made them feel the same way that you guys felt the, the first day you guys met. You guys had that clique. Mm-hmm. So that, that's what I told them. Yep. Probably the best thing a man can do right now is just keep working on himself. And another thing that's funny too, because like I said, when I was in my, out of my relationship, I, I also use that fuel, you know, to help me more with my weight loss journey and like mm-hmm. getting, you know, stronger yeah. and all that. But it's funny how like people, when you're in a relationship, like when they start taking care of each other, like why don't you want to be the best version for her? Mm-hmm. Or for him. Yes. As soon as we as soon all, as a relationship, I made this mistake. Gets done. It, it's done, brother. She puts on her best makeup. She puts on her burst cologne. He goes to the gym. He starts working mm-hmm. out to get in the best physical shape. Why couldn't you do it for her at that mm-hmm. time? Mm-hmm. Why couldn't you just do it for her? It's a great question. Instead of instead of waiting. And so many of us have failed at that. In, instead of waiting, you know. I did and that. I feel, and you know, this is another topic, but I want to see what people believe. Mm-hmm. I was called by one of my friends, uh, sexist. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> me and her had a discussion the other day about, you know, the way that I, I feel like if I was going to date a woman, for me, I want to provide for her mm-hmm. and I want to protect her. And she's like, well, so you wouldn't like really let her work or anything. I'm like, no, like I want her to stay home with my kids. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, like I want to provide for her and just keep working on myself every single day to be the best version of myself that I can be. Mm-hmm. Of course, she can do whatever she wants, right? She wants to work. So be it. What? I'm not going to tell her what, what to do and what not to do, right? But for me, that's literally one of the goals that I have. And she was like, oh, my God, you're, like, misogynistic, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you're sexist, you know? Yeah. Call me all that. But no, literally for me, one of the beliefs that I have right now is I'm just going to keep working on myself every day. Just player versus player. Mm-hmm. Be the best option I can be so when I go with her, my future wife or girlfriend or my soulmate, she doesn't <laughs> leave me. She doesn't leave me. Like I said, once I get in a relationship, I'm going to keep working on myself every single day. Mm-hmm. Be the best option possible because yep. guess what? She's going to have people that are going to slide on the DMs. Mm-hmm. She's going to have people Idiots like me that are coming in there. That she's going to see on the... Gro- bro, she's going to see people at the grocery store Yep. who are going to be, you know, genetically better gifted than me. Um, going to be lifting those weights. Yeah, lifting those weights. <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, and, and that's another thing that people complain. Like, sure, I know God didn't give me like the best genetics or mm-hmm. everything, but why complain when well, you can take action and do something about it? Because mm-hmm. everyone is different. There are some things that people wish they could have about you, 
mm-hmm. and you know there's other things that you wish you could have about other people but like if you actually use because this is another thing that I did too you know when I was losing all the weight and like with my love life it was not going the greatest and everything and I heard this somewhere so this is not my own thing mm-hmm. but I was like look at yourself in the mirror would you fuck yourself? Would you fuck? <laughs> like, what would you change about you? And this is to every single guy out there yeah. that complains and everything. Go to the mirror. Uh-huh. Like, actually analyze yourself. Take a good look and see like, hmm, like, would I fuck myself? Or like, mm-hmm. you know, would I date myself? Mm-hmm. No, you wouldn't. Like, what are the things you got to change? And that's literally one of the things that I began doing. Mm-hmm. Doing those changes. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's just we have to be better in ourselves every day. And I mean, I think, you know, I think sexism is making a comeback. I think it needs it because we're living in this world now where there's every, everyone wants like exact equality, but there's a reason that men are men and women are women. Like we need the two opposite sexes to have a functioning society. So I, uh, no, we do. I don't know. I mean, I, I got pretty much nothing else to say. I mean, I don't know if you got anything to add. I got nothing I, else to say. Like I said, we're fucking babies this is like bedtime for us so yeah we are but i mean it's because we're strong men and we get up you know and, and we go to the gym early in the morning and stuff like that but uh yeah it's it's getting late at night here for us but um i don't know i think we put out a, a lot of good uh somewhat controversial info but yeah. it's stuff that we all believe you know and we agree yeah. um you and i agree on most of it and we don't agree on the whole god thing but you know i don't think he's real yeah. for, for all i know you probably think he's like sitting right out there on that bench but yeah like, and, I, and all like i said i ain't seen him and like i said and i respect your opinion <laughs> And your belief, and that's something uh, mm-hmm. more people should definitely have. Mm-hmm. Respect other people's opinion. Because, yeah. you know, fuck, brother, I know that if I was a really, really religious person, it would trigger me. I was like, oh, my God, like, why does yeah, yeah. not believe in God? Like, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I would try to change your mind, but, like, no. Because, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, at the end of the day, for me, my belief is, like, God doesn't want me to do that to you. You'll probably eventually one day will come to your conclusion that God is real. Mm-hmm. But... That's your own belief, you know. I'm not going to yeah. push you. I'm not going to get on your skin, being like, oh, my God, like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Because you know that people, when you start talking about, like, either religion or yeah. politics, yeah, you lose friendships. But here's the thing. <sighs> well, it's because we're a bunch of idiots. But, like, but that, those the people act, more people want to talk about that than they admit. Like, I think it's fun to talk about. It like, when I date this girl whose name starts with a T, like, you know who I'm talking about. I'm not, I don't mention yep, names yep, on this yep, podcast. Yeah, when she finally about. comes out with me, we're going to talk about religion and politics because I have plenty of reason to talk to her about that. No, we're, we're going to talk about religion and politics. And I don't even know. I mean, do I believe in God? Like, like I said, like, maybe. It's not like I, I don't think God is real. I'm just, I'm not like 100% sold. I don't know. I don't know. And actually, before we end things up, to wrap things up, kind of, because you had had quite the dating scheme. You had dated quite a lot of people, brother. You're not Mm -hmm. a tyro into the field of dating, right? Mm. So I guess my question for you is, what advice can you give to people who are tyro into the field of dating? Like, what are the three best things they could do to improve their dating? Or like men who are trying to start dating? Men. Like I said, men who are tiring to the field of dating, what advice could you give them? What could you tell them that they should be doing to be successful in the dating field? Okay, well, yeah, if I feel like this is now the only time in my life I can finally start to give advice because I'd have been the worst person to give advice in this five years ago or even one year ago, but uh, one year ago, but I've gotten a little bit better at it. So um, the first one, uh, three pieces of advice. All right, so first piece of advice, 
Um, don't show too much interest in the woman right away. Um, and don't make it too obvious that you think that she's beautiful or you think that she's this and that because she hears that all day long. Um, and the, the biggest thing that mistake that people like me make is giving off desperate vibes or making it like making it too obvious to the woman that you're into her. And then she kind of just like will either like lose interest in you or lose respect for you. You don't differentiate yourself from all the other idiots out there. So that's probably the first thing. Don't be too gung ho about how beautiful she is and this and that. Um, let's see. I mean, um, second thing. Um, okay. Do I go into like, um, um, okay. Uh, this is, this is going to be like a shitty one. People don't want to hear it, but it's a numbers game. It's a numbers game and you want to put yourself in as many, um, like if you're trying to date because, okay. Um, I think me, and and when I speak to other people about this, I speak because it's my own experience. Like I'm speaking literally to myself, okay? Because I'll start dating a girl and I'll be like, oh, she's definitely the one for me. Even though I don't believe in the soulmate, I'll like find a girl and be like, oh, she's the one. (laughs) She's the one. You know? And then like I'll realize like it doesn't work out and like a month or two later or like three months later, I'll have like another girl that I'll be like, oh, now she's the one. And then it's once again, you have to smack yourself in the face and be like, Sean, this already happened like two other times within the past year. Just be a little patient. It doesn't necessarily mean that every one of these is the one. So why do I say it's a numbers game? Because ultimately, um, okay, number one, you just need to get more experience dating and understanding how to handle women, like what kind of signs are women actually giving you. And the fact of the matter is, um, if you, um, okay, it's it's not going to be easy to find like a girl to to you know to date that you're both going to hit it off with, um, and it's a numbers game just in the sense of you want to put yourself, uh, you want as many opportunities as possible. So you should be doing things where you go out and you put yourself in a position where there might be other women. Maybe this is going to a bar for you. Maybe this is going to a nightclub. Maybe this is just going out to the grocery store. This is going out anytime you can get out in public. Get out in public. Get out in public. Dress kind of nice. Be willing to approach women and talk, right? And then, you know, online, there's the dating apps. There's Instagram, which is the best dating app, even though no one wants to talk about it. I have an episode on that. So the second thing, the second tip is that it's a numbers game. So the first tip is don't show a woman too much interest right away. The second tip is, unfortunately, it is a numbers game just because you want to put yourself in as many situations as possible where you could meet women. And that'll also get your reps up anyway, okay? You're going to become better with women in general if you talk to a lot of them. Um, let's see third tip third tip third tip ha 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 alright I mean there's probably like 10 random tips that I could give and third tip third tip biggest one don't cry like a bitch when she doesn't want to go out with you alright because I've done this before and like I'll, you'll even do the thing where you're like I'll do the thing I'm like ask the woman I'm like I don't understand why don't you want to go out with me or like you know like I really think that you come like begging back never works <laughs> All she's going to do is lose more respect for you, not want to talk to you. So when the girl tells you that she doesn't want to go out with you, when she tells you, you know, oh, I just want to be friends or like, oh, you know, I'm just not looking for this right now, which is just like a lame excuse for saying she doesn't like you. She always is going to come up with something to try to make it sound a little softer when like the reality is she just doesn't like your ass that much. So when she comes up with one of those bullshit reasons of why she doesn't want to go out with you, take it like a man. Don't be a bitch about it. Don't go whining to her. Don't go whining to your friends about it because whenever I do that, whenever I whine to my friends, that just makes me lose more respect for myself. Take it like a man. Move on to the next one, okay? As they say in Portuguese, 
a fila anda. Okay, the line keeps moving. All right, and the line keeps moving. I believe Andrew Tate uses the FDB method, FDB. but we—I <laughs> won't get into that. All right, but don't cry like a little girl when they don't want to go out with you. Okay, because it's gonna happen. I'm sorry, it's gonna happen a lot. All right. I feel like those were really great advices for anybody. You know, it's a tower into the field. And 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 I. And, and I, I say like you it. Miss I, one, I say it because I'm speaking to myself, literally, because yes. those are the mistakes I make. Anyway, go ahead. But I feel like you were missing one. Hmm. Don't you agree that being in the best physical shape plays a big role? Also? It plays a role, but I don't think it's the most important thing at all. I think it's important to be in at least decent physical shape, but you don't need to be that jacked or anything. You know? No. All right. Yeah. No, well, that's it, brother. That's it. All right. Thank you, sir. Well, thank you for having me. Yes, sir. All right. Love y'all. Hope you guys enjoyed that one.